Super Talk Mississippi media production. I saw this guy uh, last week at SEC Media Days, and I was like, it's, it's almost that time. And he didn't want to believe it, but, but here we are. We're previewing Alabama with our friend Michael Casagrande from AL.com. I told you it was time, Michael. We, 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 got, we, got to, we got to set schedule for these kind of things. Yeah, I should have been around long enough. I should have uh, seen this one coming. Always a pleasure. Ah, glad, glad to be with you. Another year with Alabama, you know, the questions kind of remain the same year in and year out with this team. Bryce Young, the returning Heisman Trophy winner, but around him, question marks in terms of there's not a lot of known commodities. You know there's talent, but the known commodities aren't there as, as much as they've been in year past. We'll start with Jameer Gibbs coming in from Georgia Tech. Is, is this another guy we could pencil in for 12, 1,300 yards with Alabama? I mean, he's there's. They seem to be very high on him in the preseason. Uh, he had a big 75 yard touchdown in the spring game. Uh, showed some breakaway speed. Um, had some good numbers at Georgia Tech. Did we have the offensive line, the offense to produce the big time numbers? Uh, but they seem pretty high on him. Uh, a couple guys coming back from ACL tears uh, behind him. So uh, there, there's definitely some talent there in the backfield. And then in the wide receiver position, I, I voted Ja'Cory Brooks first-team All-SEC. I know Jermaine Burton got a lot of, 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 of love as well. I, I just look at it as, you know, you know that one Alabama receiver is going to catch 60 to 70 passes for 1,000 to 1,200 yards and be close to 10 touchdowns. I just took a shot in the dark with, with Brooks. Uh, who do you like better of those two guys? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things with this season. Uh, a year ago, I, I couldn't have told you that Jamison Williams would have been uh, – Litnikoff finalist, uh, first round draft pick when he came in from Ohio State. So that's kind of the the thing about it is it's there's some mystery involved with there's talent, but how does how does these new parts fit in with the establishment with established quarterback offense? Um, you got multiple receivers coming in: Jermaine Burton, Tyler Harrell from Louisville, Speedster. Um, so it's just how are they all going to mix together and come? and make a cohesive group. I think that's the biggest question. And which one of those guys emerges? Like, I don't know. It just, they, you saw a little bit of Ja'Cory Brooks last year. He had that, the big catch in the iron bowl, uh, two, two big catches on that final drive and regulation, the touchdown, obviously, but uh, it, it's uh, how far has he progressed since, uh, since January? Because you could tell there was a serious drop off in the championship game when Jamison Williams went down, when you had, Neither him nor John Mechie out there, uh, the level of play in the passing game just fell off a cliff. So um, the consistency, the ability to play a full game um, without those, without other guys taking up the, effort, the the defensive effort, I think those are all the questions that are that'll be have to be answered once they get around to the season this year. Because it's just it's hard to tell you uh, in July. Is there another level for Bryce Young to achieve? I mean, he had such a fantastic season last year. The thing that strikes me about him is I know he's mobile. I know he's got wheels, but he doesn't run the ball at all. I mean, not even on, on scrambles as much. Is there another level or another addition he can make to his game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question and it's something that we've wondered. And, you know, he's he's not the biggest of quarterbacks. He's not the biggest of guys. So it's, it's is it a self-preservation? Um, do you need to get every – two or three extra yards, sacrifice the body when when that's not necessarily how they're going to win a game, uh, him diving for a first down pylon or whatnot. So I don't, I don't, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting question that he's not really ever fully answered or I never felt like it was fully answered in the past. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's trying to go out there and be a Johnny Manziel, um, Kyler Murray, try to win the game 
you know, with the multifaceted thing, I think he's he's more of a, a, a trying to win it with his right arm instead of his right and left legs. But he uses his legs to he 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 uses mobility in the pocket to to buy more time. I think that's what his his objective is instead of trying to get downfield as often. Mississippi State, you know, you look at Mullins last year at State, and, and that game was really close here in Starkville. Uh, Moorhead was not able to be close to Alabama, and Leach the last two years has lost by 40 points or more in, in both attempts. Is there something about the air raid and what Mike Leach likes to do offensively that makes it such a mismatch for Alabama, or is it just a talent thing these past couple of years? That's a good question. I mean, I think that first year it was probably a, a personnel um, I think the starting quarterback got knocked out pretty knocked yeah. out cold early in that game. Um, I, I think to just defensively, Alabama's just been ahead of things. I mean, last year was hard to do much offensively when Will Anderson had five sacks in that game. Uh, so it, I think in that sense, they were able to disrupt the the flow of things, what, what state wants to do. But um, yeah, I, it's a good question. If, if there's something schematically that Alabama likes about it, they haven't let a touchdown. I don't believe in, in the two years of Mike Leach yeah. being there as a shutout last year. And I think nine points and three field goals last year. So it's one of those things that, um, yeah, it, it hasn't seemed to bother this defense that has had, you know, some, had some issues, uh, giving up some big yards, big plays, uh, big scores in, in the last couple of years, but neither, Neither Mississippi State game could uh, could manage that, and it kind of feels like. And this may just be a, a thing that I'm I'm projecting here, but Saban, as an old secondary coach, probably takes a little delight in shutting down a, a wide open passing offense. You would think. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was state in, in 2020 opened the year with the record setting performance at defending champion LSU. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I know Jordan Battle had an interception last year. I think there might have been two interceptions and. So yeah, if 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 it's a battle between a high octane passing offense and a, a secondary, I think Saban's going to put it extra um, into uh, extra delight into winning that battle. Alabama's not a team that I feel like has to circle games on the calendar very often. They're the team that gets circled more often than not. But we'll, we'll talk about this Texas A and M game for just a minute because we all you know no need to go into everything that happened this offseason. We all know what happened. When you talk to Alabama people and players, do you get the sense that that's a game that Nick Saban might finally, you know, go full Darth Vader and just kind of take it to him if he can? If he can't, yeah, you know, it's it's not A and M is is coming in uh, a weak team and they're going to have time to work with new quarterbacks and be at a better at a better level if it was you know an early September game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion in, in, uh, in the stadium that day. I think, um, I mean, just the fact they lost to him a year ago, the first time a, a assistant coach has beaten a, a Saban team was enough. Mm-hmm. And then everything that happened over the summer. So, yeah, it's, you know, there will be a few weeks of the season. There'll be enough. There'll be plenty of um, other storylines by that point in the season. But I think it's hard to get away from maybe one of the uglier spats between two coaches that I could ever remember, you know, in a definitely in the month of May. Is this the, uh, the national championship team we're, we're looking at this year in Alabama? You know, <laughs> you should know at this point whether or not it's what, I mean, it's, I, I don't know what's around, you know, it, it depends on so many other teams around the country. Who else, you know, is Clemson going to be back at that level? What does Georgia do? Ohio state obviously is, is the other 
it's the kind of one two. Um, so yeah, I mean, on paper, yeah, I think they have the, this the talent, the skill to to be right there. Uh, it, does do the injuries work out? Does the health stay stay strong? I mean, there have been years where they look like a national championship team, and in, in August, and a few injuries happen, and it just kind of see you see that opportunity slip away. 2019 was one of those years where they could have been a championship team and and there were injuries early on at linebacker and it seemed like they never could recover from it. We will see what happens in Tuscaloosa in mid-October. Mississippi State just looking to be competitive this year with Alabama, I think would be a good measuring stick. We'll see what happens then. Michael Costagrande, man, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Brian. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.